Praise the Lord, and God bless you, everyone. I thank God for another opportunity for us to come together. It's Wednesday, and as you know, we have faithfully been coming together as God's people, going into the word of the Lord, opening up this word and digging as deeply as we possibly can in order to be blessed in our hearts and minds and in our souls. And I'm grateful for his word, for his promises. God keeps his promises. I thank him for his instruction, his correction, his rebuke, even his judgment. We serve a wonderful God, wonderful God. We want to give the people of God an opportunity to come in as we prepare ourselves to begin this week's Bible study. We are grateful of the Lord for all that he has done as forestated. And we have been in this series, um, The Minor Prophets, Lessons uh, from the Minor Prophets. And we are grateful to what we have been learning, pulling out little nuggets here and there, something to, to nibble on, to eat, something to bless our souls, to make us think. And the first part of the series, we were in the book of Hosea. And uh, our subject was the evidence of spiritual decline. Then we went to Haggai and um, we talked about having a call for self-examination. Last week, we were in the book of Amos and our theme, uh, tired or lazy. And tonight, uh, we're going to go and visit the book of Jonah. Let's first have a word of prayer. Father, we love you and we thank you for, for all that you've done, how you've kept us, how you've watched over us. Another Wednesday, we're sitting here together as your people, hungry for a word. Talk to us, Lord. Speak to us. Deliver us. Heal us. Correct us. Hallelujah. Whatever we need, we know is in your word. Bless us through your word tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I'm in Jonah chapter 3, verse number 1, and my subject of the lesson for tonight is another chance, another chance. Jonah chapter 3, verse 1, I'll use as an anchor scripture, and it says this, and the word of the Lord came unto Jonah the second time, saying, arise, Go unto Nineveh, that great city, and preach unto it the preaching that I bid thee. It's that very first verse, though. I know I read one and two, but it's the very first verse. And the word of the Lord came unto Jonah the second time. And my subject uh, for the lesson uh, for this evening is another chance. Now, uh, just... A brief backdrop. We told you last week uh, when we talked about Amos that Amos was a contemporary of Jonah and Isaiah and um, there are a few others that we mentioned. So um, Jonah, just like Amos, was told to go and prophesy and bring a message. Now Amos spoke to um, 
the children of God, Israel. But Jonah was told to go and speak to the enemies of God. I want you to go into Nineveh. Um, Jonah's name means dove, and he's introduced to us as the son of Amittai. And he's mentioned also in 2 Kings. Um, he is from the northern kingdom. Remember, the kingdom is divided. Ten tribes in the north, two in the south, the northern kingdom. Uh, so this prophet, Jonah, comes from the northern kingdom of Israel during also the reign of Jeroboam the second. Uh, and he's from a place called uh, Gephhefer. And um, it's, it's a city about three miles north of Nazareth. Nazareth. Remember Nazareth? Yes. Nazareth, the city of Galilee. So, um, to help us with the timetable, Jonah starts his ministry just a little bit after Elisha. And the Lord starts dealing with Jonah. I want you to go and preach this message Take it to Nineveh. Take it to Nineveh. Um, so um, let's talk a little further because there seems to be three, three reasons why this particular book is presented to us. Number one, to show Jonah's experience. Um, yeah, through his experience, I would say. How Israel had drifted from God. So it's just to give us a sense of just how far his children had drifted from him. Um, and to demonstrate to Israel his mercy. God is a merciful God. Listen, um, if you stop and think about it, we are true recipients of his mercy. What should have happened did not happen. And so this brings me to the third reason. It's, it's to show Israel the depth of his love and his mercy towards them. They were in a backslidden condition. I mean backslidden. Uh, but God shows his patience. He shows his love. Um, also, he would do it to prove what would be inevitable if a person or people did not turn from their sin. Righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. Let, let's get into the lesson. Um, Jonah chapter 3, verse 1. And the word of the Lord came unto Jonah the second time. So, uh, prophecy of Jonah really is fascinating. It, it's fascinating and it's a dramatic story. And anyone who has taken the time to read the book of Jonah, or if you even remember it from uh, Sunday school, uh, you don't hear too many people speak or preach from Jonah. Uh, many people today, whether in and out of the church, tend to discredit it because, because of the story. A man is swallowed by a fish uh, for three days, and then the fish spits him out. Uh, but the, Jesus used Jonah, talked about Jonah, and said, uh, as Jonah was in the belly of a fish for three days and three nights, so the Son of Man shall be. Um, so many people discredit it, though, uh, 
but according to second kings as we said jonah was real and his father's name was amatai second uh, kings chapter 14 verse 25 he restored the coast of israel from the entering of hamath unto the sea of the plain according to the word of the lord god of israel which he spake by the hand of his servant jonah the son of amatai the prophet which was of Gathifer. So uh, Jonah was a well-known prophet in the northern kingdom. Uh, Jonah was the son of Amittai. His birthplace was uh, Gathifer, town of Galilee near Nazareth, right? And um, the significant thing is that our Lord Jesus Christ set his seal upon this account. And he used Jonah's experience as I forestated in connection with the fish uh, as a type of his own resurrection. And I'll take you there. I'll prove it to you. Matthew 12, verse 39 through 41. But he answered and said unto them, An evil and adulterous generation seeketh after a sign, and there shall no sign be given to it but the sign of the prophet Jonas. For as Jonas was three days and three nights in the whale's belly, so shall the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. The men of Nineveh shall rise in judgment with this generation and shall condemn it because they repented at the preaching of Jonas. And behold, a greater than Jonas is here. Uh-huh. So, uh, it's a very solemn story uh, with a solemn warning, but contains much encouragement for all of us. Notice, we're going to notice three things about Jonah. Uh, one, we need to talk about the directions that he received. Um, let's go to um, Jonah chapter 1. And I'll go to uh, verse 1. Now the word of the Lord came unto Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah rose up to flee unto Tarsus from the presence of the Lord, and went down to Joppa. And he found a ship going to Tarsus, so he paid the fare thereof, went down into it to go with them unto Tarsus from the presence of the Lord. So um, we don't know exactly how God spoke to Jonah and how he became conscious that the Lord was speaking to him, but the fact is really quite clear that God gave him specific instructions. I want you to go to Nineveh and, and cry loud, cry against them because they're in sin. I want them to repent. Um, he gave precise directions to him. Uh, and these are the directions. And they were definite. I need to take you back to uh, Jonah 1. I want to make sure I get the right verse. Jonah verses 1 and 2. The word of the Lord came unto Jonah the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry against it, for their wickedness has come up 
before me. So he gave his clear instructions, go. Go and cry loud against Nineveh because their sins have come up before me. Exodus chapter 3, I want to take you there. Exodus chapter 3, verses 10 and 12. Uh, he did the same to Moses. He said, here, come now, therefore, and I will send thee unto Pharaoh, that thou mayest bring forth my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. And Moses said unto God, who am I? that I should go to Pharaoh and that I should bring forth the children of Israel out of Egypt. And he said, certainly I will be with thee and this shall be a token unto thee that I have sent thee. When thou hast brought forth the people out of Egypt, ye shall serve God upon this mountain. God also spoke to Joshua, chapter one, verses one through nine. Listen to these words. Now after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, thou and all this people unto the land, which I do give unto them, even to the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon that I have given unto you, as I said unto Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, even unto the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites and unto the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your coast. There shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. I will not fail thee nor forsake thee. Be strong and of good courage for unto this people shalt thou divide for an inheritance the land which I swear unto their fathers to give them. Only be thou strong, very courageous, and thou mayest observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right or to the left, that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. And this book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but thou shalt meditate thereon day and night, that thou mayest observe to do all, to do according rather to all that is written therein, for then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Have not I commanded thee? Be strong and of good courage, be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with thee whithersoever thou goest. Listen to the instructions he gives to Isaiah, chapter 6, verses 8 and 9. Isaiah 6, 8 and 9, also I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send and who will go for us? Then said I, here I am, send me. And he said, go and tell this people, hear ye indeed, but understand not and see ye indeed, but perceive not. He speaks also to Jeremiah, Jeremiah chapter 1, verses 4 through 10. The word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee, and I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. Then said I, Ah, Lord God, behold, I cannot speak, for I am a child. But the Lord said unto me, Say not, I am a child, for thou shalt go to all that I shall send thee, and whatsoever I command thee, thou shalt speak. 
Be not afraid of their faces, for I am with thee to deliver thee, saith the Lord. Mm. Then the Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said unto me, Behold, I have put my words in thy mouth. Hallelujah. See, I have this day set thee over the nations and over the kingdoms to root out and to pull down and to destroy and to throw down, to build and to plant. Even to Paul and Barnabas, God gives instructions, specific instructions. Acts chapter 13, verse number 2. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, Separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work whereunto I have called them. And it's the same today. The Lord is still dealing with uh, people, calling them, telling them exactly what he wants them to say and to do. Thousands of God's servants are serving him all over the world. Hallelujah. It, it, it makes me chuckle sometimes when you hear you hear people talk about their pastor as though he's the only one that's preaching the word of God. My, my apostle or my bishop, he's the only one preaching the truth. Uh, and that is... To me, that is so sad and narrow-minded uh, for people to grow uh, into that mindset. We have this great big God, and you mean to tell me that your pastor or that preacher is the only one he's using? Uh, he told one prophet, there, there are over, I've got preachers everywhere, and I'm paraphrasing now. Uh, you're not the only one that's got a word in in their mouth. I'm using people all over the world. God has servants all over the world that he's using to bring a word uh, to people. Hallelujah. Repent. He's using them to tear down strongholds and deal with demonic forces. Uh, thousands of God's servants are serving him in the place of his choosing. <laughs> in the place of God's choosing, working there because they received the commission. Uh, from him to go to that particular place in order to do not their work, but his work. Um, so has the Lord called you for a specific uh, place, for a specific service? Uh, have you heard his voice? Are you listening to his voice? Are you being obedient to what he's telling you to do? Um, so the instructions were specific and his instructions were also disturbing. Yes, he said, arise, go into Nineveh. I want you to go and cry loud, cry against them because their sins have come up before me. And Jonah, uh, I think Jonah perhaps might've been a little out of touch with God when these instructions came to him because uh, otherwise, he would have been ready to obey him right away, straight, uh, straight away. He would have been willing to obey him. But instead of going to Nineveh, he goes uh, to Tarsus. He goes in the other direction, out of the presence of God, away from the presence of God. Uh, and when God calls someone to a specific task, when he tells you to do something, uh, it inevitably uh, means 
there's going to be some upheaval. Yeah. Because you, you may not agree with everything or every place. And some places look dry. Some places it doesn't make sense. God wants you to go there, but go there. Hallelujah. You might feel embarrassed or outnumbered, but say what God tells you to say. And, and, and think about what it meant to the Lord Jesus uh, to leave heaven. To leave heaven, to come down among sinful men. Come to earth and make the greatest missionary journey ever. Right? To come in the likeness of sinful flesh just to deal with you and I. Let's go to Psalms, the 40th Psalm, verses 7 and 8. Then said I, lo, I come in the volume of the book. It is written of me, I delight to do thy will, O my God. Yea, thy law is within my heart. So let's think about what it meant. Let's think about what it meant for our God to empty himself, basically. In the book of Philippians, it talks about that. That's another lesson, uh, that he comes in the likeness of sinful flesh. Uh, let's listen uh, to the Apostle Paul in the book of Acts, chapter 9, verses 15 and 16. It, it says, But the Lord said unto him, Go thy way, for he is a chosen vessel unto me to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. For I will show him how great things he must suffer for my name's sake. So think about this. Somebody had to go lay their hands on the enemy of the church. At one time, uh, Saul was going around persecuting the church, but now God has brought him into the family. Hallelujah. And um, uh, he wants everybody to know that now he's on the Lord's side, my Lord. And the Lord says, go, he's a chosen vessel unto me. How can you deny how can you deny what God has accepted, right? And sometimes people reject you, but if God has accepted you, uh, never mind what people have to say. And here in the book of Acts, God is dealing with um, Ananias, right? Uh, he sees a vision uh, and the Lord deals with him in the vision. Uh, and I'll read it for you. I've seen in the vision a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hand on him that he might receive his sights. Remember, because when Saul meets the Lord on his way, he's on the Damascus road. Remember what happens? Uh, the light is so bright until it blinds him. But uh, Ananias answers and says, I've heard uh, by many of this man how much evil he's done to thy saints in Jerusalem. And he hath authority from the chief priest to bind all that call on thy name. But the Lord, the Lord says, go, just go. And the Lord tells you to go, go. Uh, and you know, he may have had an issue. You want me to go lay hands on him? And he's the one that held the coats of those uh, that stoned Deacon Stephen. God said, I've chosen him. Go lay your hands on him. He says, he's a chosen vessel unto me to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. And I'm going to show him how great things he must suffer for my name's sake. 
Hallelujah. So, um, what does it mean to do what God tells you to do? Even if you don't like the situation, it means just that. Do what the Lord tells you to do. So, um, it was disturbing, yes. Sometimes the Lord will tell you to do things It's disturbing. I, I don't understand this. Why would you deal with people like that? And the truth is, and Paul said at one time, such were some of you. Some of the people we don't want to witness to, hallelujah, we were worse than them. Glory to God. It's difficult sometimes when the Lord gives you instructions, right? Uh, and again, he says to Jonah, go to Nineveh and cry against them because their sins have come up before me. Uh, go to Nineveh, denounce their sins, tell them. They've got to repent because Nineveh, Nineveh, listen, it was the greatest city in the most powerful monarchy of the world. I want you to go to one of the most powerful cities in the known world mm -hmm, and tell these people to denounce their sins. And, it, it, and to, be, to be fair to Jonah, it, it wasn't really an easy task. Uh, because he's he's standing and he would have to stand in this powerful monarchy, 60 miles in circumference and containing, it had streets and avenues. It was a busy place, right? It, it was a, a place that would have you awestruck, perhaps even a little intimidated because uh, archaeologists say the walls of this city were about 100 feet high and, and wide enough that three chariots could ride on the perimeter of the wall. Now, to tell you the truth, uh, Jericho was the same way, high walls, and the top of the wall was wide enough for the chariots, three or four chariots to ride around the perimeter of the wall, but guess what? The people of God stood in front of those walls one day and the walls came down. So the things that intimidate us they don't intimidate God. Hallelujah. He is not intimidated by the things that intimidate us. He's God. And if he tells me to go somewhere, he's going to take care of me. Right? These walls are high enough and wide enough for chariots, three chariots to, to ride around the perimeter of the wall. Uh, and the history says about the time now that Jonah is told to go in there, uh, the population is over 600,000. And it's a wicked place. And he's in a position now where he considers the will of God to be a very difficult thing to do. Have you ever been there? I know this is God's will, but it's so difficult for me to do. And I think it's it's difficult because you don't want to do it. You just you just want to do it. Um, but understand if God tells you to do it, he will enable you to do what he's told you to do. He'll make ways for you. He'll open doors for you. He's with us. He told Joshua, I'm with you. He told Moses, I'm with you. Right? Everyone he's called, he's let them know, I'm going to be with you. Just do what I tell you to do. Just do it. So, we understand it's difficult for Jonah to do this. It's, it's, it's really rubbing him the wrong way. These instructions, 
that you're giving me. You want me to go where and say what? Hmm. So um, let's go back there. Jonah chapter 1, verse 2. Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. Their wickedness has come up before me. I, I, as a preacher, I, I have to say there have been times the Lord gave me a message and I didn't want to preach it. Uh, I said, Lord, you want me to say what? You want me to do this? Uh, and the Lord said, yes, this is the message. Uh, and I, I, I struggled with it, but obedience is better than, than sacrifice. Everybody just got through shouting and dancing. And here I am with a message of repentance. Here I am with the challenge to, to come back to holiness. Say whatever God tells you to say. Because now he has a choice. He's got a problem with everything. It, he says, this is difficult. Um, I, I've got these instructions, but it's difficult. Uh, and it's disturbing to me. Uh, but nevertheless, God gave him the instructions uh, but this is his response. Uh, he begins to show his disobedience. Verse 3, Jonah chapter 1, verse 3. But Jonah rose up to flee unto Tarsus from the presence of the Lord and went down to Joppa. And he found a ship going to Tarsus. So he paid the fare thereof and went down into it to go with them unto Tarsus from, who is he running from? From the presence of of the Lord. He's literally trying to run from God. Disobedience at times will show you just how ridiculous it is to disobey a God that knows everything and sees everything. Can't run from him, can't hide from him because he's everywhere. Uh, but he takes it in his mind that I'm going to run from the Lord. Uh, when God spoke to Jonah, commissioned him to do a, a job or a work instead of giving God instant obedience and saying, all right, Lord, I'll go. Uh, he flies or he flees rather uh, to Tarsus, which is literally hundreds of miles in the opposite direction. Why? Why? And we can make excuses for him uh, other than the fact he was just disobedient. Uh, we can say maybe he felt inadequate like Moses did, or, or perhaps he didn't like the Ninevites, or perhaps he was afraid of losing his reputation because he had a good reputation, you know. Uh, if he was living today, he would have been the kind of preacher or pastor that was popular. Everybody liked him, always had a good word, always made the people shout. Um, but now this message that you're giving me uh, and they're not even people that really go to church. I got to get up and tell these people, this powerful city, that their sins have come up before God and they need to repent. My, my. And so perhaps like some preachers today, they're afraid of ruin. If I preach against sin, it will ruin my reputation of being a shouter uh, and the number one praise breaker. They won't pay their tithes if I tell them to come out of homosexuality, and that is an abomination. They won't pay their tithes. 
Um, but he was told to go there and tell them, your sins have come up before the Lord. Uh, and he goes in the other direction. Perhaps, though, uh, which, which is even crazier, he, he may have felt like God would lose his reputation. And, I'm, and, and listen, it ties into the logic of today even, where people say, God is love. Why would he send me to hell because of my lifestyle? God is love. He understands. He will take me like I am. And, I, you know, we did, a, we did a series on the holiness of God. God is holy. And there are some things that he will not tolerate. We are to come out of sin, right? Uh, but there, there are people today who will say, well, if God sends me to hell, uh, it would ruin his reputation. Hallelujah. The character of God would suffer. And, and listen, let's talk about three more things as it relates to Jonah's, uh, Jonah's disobedience, it was deliberate disobedience. First thing, uh, and we are quick to say how dreadful uh, he was for me to say uh, he, he did it on purpose. Uh, well, let's, let's do this. Let's, let's do this and um, let's search our own hearts and ask how many times we purposely went in the opposite direction of what God told us to do? How many times, and I don't expect you to raise your hand or put it in the comment, but think about your own personal life. How many times have you gone in the opposite direction of what God wanted you to do? How many times have, have you disobeyed God? Uh, how many times have you fled to Tarsus? Uh, symbolically, I know God wants me to do this, but and you just you just didn't do it. You did the total opposite. Uh, his disobedience was deliberate. Uh, it wasn't happenstance. Why? Because he booked passage. He developed a plan totally against what God told him to do. Uh, it was deliberate. It was defiant. That's the second part, disobedient. Uh, his disobedience was deliberate. His disobedience was defiant. He defied God. And sometimes we disobey through ignorance. It's, it's true, I'll be fair. Sometimes we do the wrong thing. We go in the opposite direction uh, because of our ignorance. But this wasn't Jonah's case. Jonah really said, listen to my notes. Yes, I've heard what you want me to do, Lord, but I'm not going to do it. How, how solemn that is. And the last thing, it was displeasing. His disobedience was displeasing. Now, uh, listen to my notes as if disobedience could ever be pleasing to God. Let's go to Samuel, 2 Samuel. Thank you, Lord. Second Samuel chapter 11, verse 27, where it says, And when the morning was past, David sent and fetched her to his house, and she became his wife and bare him a son. But the thing that David had done displeased the Lord. Now, this is where I am in the scripture. Remember Uzziah? Um, remember him? Uriah. I apologize. Uriah was the man 
who got his wife stolen. David stole his wife. Remember her name? Put her name in the comments section. Yeah, David wanted her. He, he was supposed to be at war, and uh, he's looking over uh, his balcony, and he looks down, and he sees a woman bathing. She has no clothes on, and he wants her. And he sends for her, and he's told, that's, that's, that's Uriah's wife. He's, he's on the battlefield fighting for you, but he wanted her. Uh, and he took her, had an affair with her, right? Uh, and, and now he's on the verge of doing something even worse. He puts Uriah on the front line. At first he tries, uh, you know, to appease him and set him up and bring him home off the battlefield. If he goes home uh, and makes love to his wife, then we can say that's his baby, not my baby. Uh, but because of his love for country and king, right, uh, commitment to the battle, he even states, and I'm paraphrasing, what, what kind of feeling would I have? Here I am enjoying my wife and my, my comrades are dying on the battlefield. So instead of going in his house, he, he sits outside his house all night. When David hears that, he says, he writes a letter to the captain and says, put him on the front line. Puts him there and Uriah is dead now. Now he's dead. He does all of this just to have something that did not belong to him. Hallelujah. And, and he knew the right thing to do. But uh, now his disobedience has gone from being deliberate, defiant, uh, to now to a place where he's just displeasing to God. And when the morning was passed, David sent and fetched her to his house, and she became his wife and bare him a son. But the thing David did displeased the Lord. I'm in 2 Samuel chapter 11, verse 27, right? Notice the last sentence. The thing that David did displeased God. Now let's read Jonah uh, Chapter 1, verse 3. But Jonah rose up to flee unto Tarsus from the presence of the Lord and went down to Joppa, and he found the ship going to Tarsus. So he paid the fare thereof and went down into it to go with them unto Tarsus from the presence of the Lord. And again, uh, to get the full significance of what I'm talking about, um, of everything that is stated here in, in the book of Jonah, number one, he rose up and he runs. He rose up and he runs in the opposite direction. Two, he fled from the presence of the Lord. I don't want to. I don't want to see the Lord. I don't want to hear the Lord. And I, I'm I'm going in the opposite direction. Uh, and he goes down. He goes down to Tarsus. Goes down. Uh, and then he pays the money in order to facilitate his escape, right? Now, if you remember the story, now he's in the middle of a storm and he throws in his lot with unbelievers, right? And there's a storm going on now. Uh, he's on the ship uh, and he's thrown in his lot with unbelievers. Is there any hope for a man like this? Think about it. And you've read the story of Jonah. So 
We don't have to read the, the whole book in order to pull out the lesson. Uh, but someone who goes in the opposite direction, someone who deliberately disobeys God, someone who is defiant, someone who comes to a place where they're displeasing to God. Hallelujah. Now he has decided that I'd rather be on a ship with unbelievers than to be obedient to my God. Is, is there any hope for someone like this? Hallelujah. And I know what's happening right now because if you're anything like me uh, and grateful for the mercy of God, uh, there's a part in here that you might even see yourself. Yes, I've. there have been times when I went in the opposite direction. Yes, there have been times when I just said, Lord, I can't do that. Uh, I, 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 don't, I just don't want to do that. Hallelujah. But here's a discovery that Jonah makes. Um, he makes a discovery. And we, we're going to talk about this because... Um, First, just let me make it plain. It's impossible to escape God. It's impossible. And I'll say it, let me say it different. It's impossible for a servant of God to get away from the Lord. Child of God. It's impossible for anyone to get away from the Lord. Of course, any of us can, can get out of touch. You, you can lose your connection. You can, yes, you can. Uh, but you can never get away from him. <laughs> Wherever you go, God is there. Psalm 139. Well, let's, let's read verses 1 through 7. O the Lord, thou hast searched me and known me. Thou knowest my down sitting and mine uprising. Thou understandest my thoughts afar off. Thou compassest my path and my lying down and art acquainted with all my ways. For there is not a word in my tongue. But lo, O Lord, thou knowest it all together. Thou hast beset me behind and before and laid thine hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain unto it. Whither shall I go from thy spirit? Whither shall I go? Whither shall I go? Where can I go from thy spirit? Or whither shall I flee? Where can I flee? Where can I hide from thy presence? So let's compare that to what's happening in the book of Jonah. Jonah 1 and 4 says, But the Lord sent out a great wind into the sea, and there was a mighty tempest in the sea, so that the ship was like to be broken. Let's go down to verse number seven, chapter one, verse seven of Jonah. And they said everyone to his fellow, come and let us cast lots that we may know for whose cause this evil is upon us. So they cast lots and the lot fell on Jonah. <laughs> you can't hide. Even, even in the company of sinners, God points him out. That's one of mine. Hallelujah. That's one of mine. Listen, uh, uh, and I'm talking to the backslider now. If, if once God marks you, right, uh, you'll be uncomfortable every anywhere you go. Hallelujah! I've I've been, I've been in places I shouldn't have been, and I felt uncomfortable. I stuck out like a sore thumb. I said, "Let me hurry up and get out of here." Let's go down to verse twelve. Hallelujah. 
And he said unto them, Take me up and cast me forth into the sea, so shall the sea be calm unto you. For I know that for my sake this great tempest is upon you. Verse 15, Jonah 1 and 15. So they took up Jonah and cast him forth into the sea, and the sea ceased from her raging. As soon as they threw that booger in the water, <laughs> the sea, the sea stopped raging. My God, God is sovereign. God is watching and present. And every everywhere you go, everything you do, God is there. And God wanted Jonah to know, I don't care how far you run, and I'm talking to somebody, I don't care how far you run, you can't get away from God. Hallelujah. He's not only sovereign in the lives of his people, but he loves uh, his children so much. He's such a loving God. Hallelujah. Ha, glory. He's such a loving God that he won't let you go. God loves you. I don't know who I'm ministering to, but God loves you. There's, there's a, a minister. You, you're running in the wrong direction. God told me to tell you, I love you. I love you. And I won't let you go. I won't let you go. I won't let you go. I wish I knew your name and phone number so I can call you. But I want you to know I'm praying for you. It's time to turn around and do what the Lord is calling you to do. And say what the Lord is telling you to say. The second thing I need to pull out is that it's very costly for a servant of God to disobey the Lord and refuse to do his will. It's very costly. Yeah. Um, let's talk about it. Jonah chapter 1 verse 3. Jonah rose up to flee unto Tarsus from the presence of the Lord. And after that it says he went down to Joppa and he found a ship going to Tarsus. So he paid the fare thereof. And he goes down again, says, and went down into it to go with them unto Tarsus from the presence of the Lord. But he pays a fare. Hallelujah. After paying the fare, yes, the more, uh, and more than money was involved. I, I don't want to make you think that it was costly just because he paid a fare, but this, he lost something else too. He lost his joy. He lost his peace. He lost fellowship with God. And he lost his testimony. And he lost his power. I'll go through it again. When you read the story of Jonah, you'll realize he lost his joy. He lost his peace. He lost his fellowship with God. He lost his testimony. And he lost his power. Now that's something else. All that happens out of disobedience yes it even it can even get worse let's let's read um let's read verses 8 through 10 Jonah chapter 1 verses 8 through 10 then said they unto him tell us we pray thee for whose cause this evil is upon us what is thine occupation and whence comest thou what is thy country and of what people art thou? 
And this is what Jonah answers because now they're giving him the third degree. I mean, all this is happening uh, because of you. Who are you? Where are you from? What country are you from? This is what he says. He says unto them, I am a Hebrew and I fear the Lord, the God of heaven, which have made the sea and the dry land. Then were the men exceedingly afraid and said unto him, Why have you done this? For the men knew that he fled from the presence of the Lord because he told them, Why did you run from God? And I ask you, preacher, I ask you, missionary, I ask you, child of God, why are you running from God? Why are you running in the wrong direction? Why are you trying to get away from God? There are, listen to my notes. There are many Ninevehs today who are without a prophet. There are many cities today who are without a prophet. Hallelujah. Many neighborhoods today that are without a prophet, without a witness, because there are too many Jonas. There are too many disobedient children who refuse to do what God has given them to do. They're Ninevehs. They're sinners. People that need to hear the word repent. But there are so many Jonas. The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. If I could change that, the harvest is plentiful, but there's too many Nonas in the land. Jonah's rather in the land who will not open their mouths and say what God. As a matter of fact, they're running in the opposite direction. Nineveh's in towns and cities all over the world. And they're Jonah's running in the opposite direction. Hmm. So the next thing I have to say, when God's servants resign, the Lord himself waits for them. When we say, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to, we may use the word sabbatical, but you really want to quit. God waits for you. God is waiting for you to get up. He called you. He means for you to do what he has called you to do. It's another lesson. I wish I could teach it the way I feel it on the inside. Uh, but the foundation scripture that we use today really ministers it ministered to me, I'll be honest to you, uh, because it, it lets me know that God waits. He's patient. He's merciful. And I'm talking to someone who, who, who has laid things down. You're walking in the opposite direction, and God told me to tell you tonight, I'm waiting for you. I love you, and I want to use you. Uh, and so I'm going to say it again. When God's servants resign, the Lord himself waits for them and invites them to re, to to come back yes sign up again go back to work and listen so what i read what i read in the opening of our lesson was really was really very sweet and you couldn't understand it perhaps then but here we are now we're back full circle jonah 3 and 1 Right where uh, where he says, and the word of the Lord came unto Jonah the second time. 
the word of the Lord came unto Jonah the second time. The Lord said, I want to give you another chance. I want to give you an opportunity, another chance. And I know here, um, and I've heard the song, it's a beautiful song, and I've heard preachers preach it uh, many times, and people refer to God is the God of the second chance. He is a God of the second chance. And you've heard that song. It's a beautiful song. Beautiful. And you've heard preachers say it. God is a God of the second chance. And people get excited. They start shouting. And you should be excited. But listen, let's tell the truth. We're going to tell the truth. I used my second chance maybe 20, 30 years ago. <laughs> yes. And if you tell the truth, you probably be able to say the same thing. I, my second chance I used up years ago. Yes. And there, there are other times. There were other times in my journey when I wasn't going in the right direction. And the Lord spoke to me again. Hallelujah. Wonderful grace. Marvelous grace. Merciful God. And the word of the Lord came unto Jonah the second time. Hallelujah. I don't know which opportunity or what number opportunity this is for you. Hallelujah. My brother, my sister, I don't know who I'm ministering to, but the Lord is coming to you again a second time. And I'll, I'll rephrase that. He's coming to you another time, coming to you yet again to give you another chance. Hallelujah. Maybe some someone listening tonight, you're on the point of resigning. I don't want to do this anymore. I'm tired of this. I'm, I'm, they're not going to listen to me anyway. But listen, the outcome is not your business. Your business is to obey God. The results are all on God's shoulder. Hallelujah. You just do what God told you to do. Maybe you're on the verge of giving up or you might be in flight right now. By chance, you're listening and watching me. Hallelujah. Listen, I want to challenge you to get alone with God. Get alone with him and his word. Hallelujah. Get alone with him in prayer and he'll let him speak to you. Let him speak to you. Let him speak to you. Hallelujah. Another time, a second time with mercy and forgiveness and he'll recommission and he'll strengthen. I'm going to say that one more time. I want to challenge you, my brother, my sister. If I've ministered to you tonight, if I'm talking to you, Get alone with God. Talk to him and let him speak to you a second time, another time. I don't know which opportunity, what number to put this on the opportunity as I first stated because many of us have used up our second chance years ago. Hallelujah. But let him speak to you again. And he'll speak to you with mercy. He's a merciful God. He's a forgiving God. And he can recommission you and strengthen you. Go and do what God has told you to do. Go and say what God has given you to say. Don't be afraid. 
Hallelujah. Speak it. Say it. Do it. The Lord is with you. I want to pray a special prayer. I don't want to hold you uh, much longer. And I want to thank you for allowing me to minister to you. Lord, I wish I could teach this the way I feel it in my spirit. And I pray that the Lord has ministered to you tonight. But I want to pray for my brother, for my sister. I want, I want to pray, hallelujah, that you will re-sign the contract. That you will turn back and say, Lord, I'll say what you want me to say and I'll do what you want me to do. Everything is falling apart around me. And I'm in the wrong place. I'm in the wrong city. I want to go where you told me to go and do what you told me to do. Father, in the name of Jesus, I don't know who they are, but you know them. You know their name. You know, oh God, where they are right now. And I pray that you stretch forth your hand. Speak again to them. Hallelujah. Recommission, restore, forgive. Let them feel your mercy. You've been waiting for them. Come back to the assignment. You've been waiting for them, Lord. I pray, oh God, hallelujah, that you would raise her up again. Raise him up again. Put them in that place that you want them to be so they can say exactly what you have put in their mouths to say. Hallelujah. And bless those that they speak to. Deliver those who they speak to. Heal those that they speak to in the name of Jesus. And prove to them, hallelujah, that is all up to you. Oh, God, it's just for us to be obedient. Bless now in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. The Lord bless you tonight. If you want to be baptized in Jesus' name, let us know. Send that request to admin at grtdc.org. Yes, you want us, you have a special need of prayer, uh, something that you want us to touch and agree with you on, send us that request, admin at grtdc.org. And we'll lay it on the altar, touch and agree with you in prayer. Now, my friend, if you want to plant a seed in this ministry, even pay your tithing, give an offering, uh, to this ministry. Our technician will put that on the screen for you, show you how uh, to give to this ministry. And those of you who uh, have connected from our sister church there in Refuge Temple Annex in the Bronx, you may use Giveify. Well, the Lord bless you tonight. I want to thank you for your time. Thank you uh, for meeting me on tonight. Uh, and I'm looking forward uh, to talking with you again on next week. Next week, we'll be in the book of Malachi. Yes, can't wait. But until then, three things I want you to do. Be careful, be prayerful, and be holy. Shalom, shalom. Shalom.